You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. This episode is brought to you by USANA Health Sciences. Their supplements have been fueling my body, nourishing my body for well over a decade. They have taken good care of me and my babies, you know, through pregnancy, through nursing, and also my boys take their USANAMOLs every day. So without our health, we really cannot, it doesn't matter how ambitious we are, we need our physical health to fuel our ambitions. So without health, our life can't be enjoyed. We cannot be our best selves. And I highly, highly encourage each and every one of you to lay down that solid foundation for you and your family. So you can go check out USANA at Krista Rialba. So my full name, C-H-R-I-S-T-A-R-E-A-L-B-A dot U-S-A-N-A dot com, Krista Rialba dot USANA dot com. And if you have any questions, you can always DM me as well. Let's get started. Hey, hey everyone. Happy New Year. It's a brand new year. My name is Krista Rialba and this is the Ambitious Mama podcast. We now have 12 chapters, 12 new chapters that we can fill with whatever realities that we want to create for our life. We have 365 days of opportunities and whatever the past year or years have been, It's really important that we take this opportunity to draw a line in the sand and to leave behind anything and everything that is not serving us. Even if you're not listening to this in January, whenever you're listening to this, just know that you can change things around just as our next guest has. Now, I really want us all to lean in and to be open and to resist any of those feelings of being uncomfortable around the taboo topic of money, okay? And this year, let's all have money work for us better. Let's all develop a better relationship with money. And there is no better guest than my dear friend, Kavan. And this conversation, it goes deep. It's so far beyond like the how-tos and really about the emotional aspect of this currency. So let's get to it. Welcome everyone to the Ambitious Mama podcast. I have um, a dear friend here, Kavan, who we've known each other for so, so long. I'm so excited to introduce you to her. Um, So she is partnered with one of the largest wealth firms in Canada, and she has a wealth advisory group, and she is definitely the woman to start and open up these money conversations with us, okay? And I have a few other people coming on that's going to help us to continue this conversation, but it's such an important part of our lives. And let's actually, Kavan, welcome. We're gonna dive into where we're at right now with the temperament of society just after Christmas and the holidays. But thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's I'm excited been one of my favorite subjects to speak about, and hopefully, I can, you know, lend some uh, some quality information to to your crowd. I listen to the podcast myself, and I absolutely love it. So, thank you again for having me. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay, so let's just. I just want to give you guys a little bit of a backstory on Kavan and I. So. 
you know, when I'm laying in bed as I normally do before like a podcast and I'm like in the morning, I'm like, who, like, who am I chatting with today? What's our backstory? You know, and it allows me to kind of dive into the memory bank. And, uh, you know, I remember you and I on like the bus on King street, you know, in our, in our uniforms going to Villanova. So Kavan and I came, um, grew up on the same street. Well, not, not your entire childhood, but mm-hmm. a section there. Mm-hmm. And um, we both came from very humble beginnings. Definitely loving families, but humble beginnings. And uh, we've been able to grow beautiful lives for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that's definitely required to build a beautiful life for your family is money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and having a good relationship with it. Now, right now we are in December and uh, depending on when you're listening to this, but money is definitely um, a heightened topic or feeling right now, I would say, right around the holidays, after the holidays, going into the new year. Um, I'm going to have Kavan share more about why, like what you experience with your clients but it's such a, I don't even know the words, like there's so much heat and energy around this topic of money and it means so much to people and it really, there's just a lot of weight around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go for it, girl. What's going on? <laughs> All right. So it is definitely the time of year where people uh, that I see, that I know personally and that I know uh, professionally get into a bit of a fight or flight um, mentality. Um, And I'm gonna start from the beginning. So the reason why I got into wealth management was because um, my family struggled financially and uh, we did live together. We lived in the same area um, for a while, but prior to that, that was kind of like the smoothing out of my childhood and private prior to that, it was very, very rocky financially. And, uh, and there were um, a lot of uh, hurdles that my mom had to overcome mm-hmm. to, to even get to that point. So from the time I was an infant, I have watched struggle with, um, with money and that was really what just rooted in me the importance of it mm-hmm. and and got me interested in learning how to master it really mm-hmm. i've always been one who can never say no to a good challenge and it started out as just being able to master money mm-hmm. and just get it so this time of year was i guess the time of year where um you know i started noticing people and their behaviors towards money um you know really, really hit a, a, a high level of intensity 13 years ago when I started in professional finance. And, um, you know, relationships end up hitting a rocky point because of money at this time of year. And I saw grown men and women emotional, you know, over looking at their transactions in their accounts and over coming in and trying to renegotiate loan terms and um, over withdrawing from retirement savings and long-term like needed cash just just to um, you know serve the expectations of this season I'll say because you know I, I believe in having a, a, a wonderful um, and and like 
spoiling my children will say, yeah. I do, I believe in it, okay? Um, but the lengths, the depths that people would go to to meet the expectations of society just kind of blew my mind. So yes, I've done a lot of work to understand why people are that way. And it's just, what it is, is it's, it's that money is emotional. And, mm-hmm. and us feeling like we need to um, hit that nail of, of making it a perfect holiday season and doing what the movies do and, you know, spend all kinds of cash. Um, it just makes people do really, really um, crazy things sometimes, in my, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, crazy, or we'll just say things that might hurt them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I try to educate clients and sometimes family, but I, I'm careful around, you know, sounding too preachy. I, I try to wait for the subject to be raised to me, um, but try to help people through that because it's very emotional. Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> it is. And it's like, it's a cultural thing. Um, I've been, I've had the privilege of speaking to so many women for this podcast so far and like the conversations that happen afterwards and before are also really interesting. And one in particular that I wanted to share was, um, so, you know, obviously Christmas is a, a Christian holiday and not everyone celebrates it. So I was actually speaking to, um, um, a woman who is Orthodox Jewish and, uh, she was sharing like her, her, um, experience watching some of her Christian friends go through all of the emotions of this perfect spectacular of magic that unveils on Christmas morning. She, she was like, you know, it gives me anxiety. She's like, you have to like hit it out of the park. And she said, for us, it's like every Sunday is, is um, a big family dinner, like a big, every Sunday is kind of a celebration. And so it's like, if you screw up the, she gave the example of Turkey. She said, if you screw up the Turkey one Sunday, you always have the next Sunday. And it's like, there's not the big pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So um, obviously we're still going to continue on with Christmas because it's so magical and that's our belief, but there are ways to lower the um, expectation, I think, to take the pressure off. And a really funny debate that my husband and I had this year. And I'm like, I didn't know how much I worship tradition. Like, you know, I didn't consider myself like a traditionalist, but like the traditions that my mom did for us, I'm like, no, like those are non-negotiable. Like, no way. And like, so I, my experience growing up was even on the, the years where mom and dad had a harder time, you know, making it magic mom, like there was never any presents under the tree. Like maybe there's a few for like cousins or Nana or something, but you woke up Christmas morning and all of the presents were there from, from mom, dad, from Santa, like the whole, you know, the whole big, like you walked in, you're like, wow, you know, it had to be that wow factor. Yes. And, and Mike was like, why don't we put the, the presents from us under the tree before Christmas? I was like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? I don't understand. Like, and I'm never like that. Like, he's like, I was like, absolutely not. I don't know what your problem is. And he was like, he's like, what is going on? He's like, can you please do like a Facebook poll? Maybe other people like don't have such a big spectacle every morning. And it's like a slow buildup. And I was like, I need the spectacle. (laughs) You know what? I'm guilty of that too. We are guilty of the spectacle. (laughs) 
<laughs> we are. My mom, same thing. We never had like even a droplet of like crumb oh. under the tree oh. until Christmas morning and it was all there and you took a picture of it and it was magical. Magic. I could I go on and on about it, but that's the pressure. That's the pressure. pressure. So we made about. that up though. Or yeah. our moms did. That's Western. That's Western society. The whole, yes. you know, Santa Claus, Saint Nick. I, it's a Christian holiday. I, you know, Christ, I believe in keeping Christ in Christmas, but the thing is, is it's the hype. It's the commercialism. Yeah. Yes. That, that bred that, right? Yeah. The movies and this and that um, raised the, the level of expectation. And that's, that's, I mean, I'm so glad you brought up this example because that is the expectation, the wow factor at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if I were to say to my husband, even, why don't we start putting our gifts under the tree so the kids, you know, they slowly see the, the accumulation, he would lose his mind. Okay. So like, I'm not alone. <laughs> oh. And the thing is, too, I want to buy our children maybe two, three gifts. Yeah. No, for him, I'm helping him through this journey. He has to have the wow factor. So yeah. he will go and he will buy gifts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I won't do it. I just, I, I, I'm guilty of kind of spoiling them, but I have to stay rooted in the fact that I know what this season does to people. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. My, I live in the same type of households. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, anyway. no, what's interesting is like, so I, I need to stay on this for one more second. Cause I think this is probably, especially this time of year, so then the next morning, it was Christmas after I won the battle of having the magical morning. And we're at my mom's house and my sister's there. And, and Mike's like, Mike's like, why don't you ask like, you know, other people, like ask, you know, my sister's husband, like ask other people. And so I brought it up and I was like, Jen, can you believe this? And I started to share like this whole thing. And she goes, actually, she goes, I, that's what I do. Like I started to just, I don't want the wow factor in the morning. I want to like, just like they can be under the tree and shake their presence. She's like, cause as a kid, it was actually really overwhelming to me. She's a more of an introvert. Oh. And she said it was very overwhelming to me to, to portray that expectation of surprise that I know that mom and dad wanted. Hmm. And I was like, Oh shoot. She goes, because it's true. It's like, do you love it? Oh my God. I got like, you, you wanted to see them ha be happy so much. Right. Yeah. So she goes, that was too much for me as a child. Mm -hmm. So now we, we've really downsized it and it's just a, it's a slowly, like we put a few gifts under the, the tree and then, and they, you know, shake them. And then Santa's pre one present arrives the next morning. Wow. See that I don't know. I do see value in it. Like I do. No, not I, there yet, but I, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm here. I'm listening. I'm listening. It took a while, but it's, it's I, <laughs> it may help with the emotional factor around Christmas. Cause I'm telling you, people get sick about it. They, they, they do it. financially, they do. emotionally. It's a, you know, it's one of those things where we love it. We love it. We get, I think people chase that high. It's very psychological. And then what happens in January? Everyone is, not everyone, but you could go have that, like those blues, those January blues. Yeah. The credit card bill starts coming in. What happens in January? Mm -hmm. Well, casinos fill up, right? Last night they it was- all fill up. Yes. People get um, into a psychological state where they become a bit desperate to make 
make a few extra dollars and then that ends up hurting them even more. And then there's even more depression over it. Right. Yes. So. Okay. So what, how can we start? Like if anyone listening um, is, has gone through this or is going through this, it's a new year. It's a new day. How can we turn a new leaf financially? And what, rather than just going to, cause I know you are, you can give everyone the how to the step-by-step Let's actually start with the foundation, and that is the relationship. Um, I have next to me a bunch of my favorite money books, um, you know, but what this one particular, which is, there's all kinds of scribbles from children. It's well-loved, but it's called Money, a Love Story, um, and also Beautiful Money, which is all about the relationship. Like, let's talk about that. I think this still might not be what most people talk about when it comes to money, because there's so much as we were saying earlier, so much weight around it. It means so much. It is, it blows my mind how um, afraid people are to talk about money in crowds. Mm -hmm. So, and I hear this from clients. So it's not, it's been my observation, but you hear it and people acknowledge it that people want to talk about sex, divorce, you know, any scandal, they would rather talk about their deepest, darkest nightmares and health issues before they'll talk about money together. That's true. That's true. My girlfriends will talk about everything in the bedroom, but we, they'll never talk about money. It's, it's very, um, I don't know. I, I think it's very sad that there's such a fear of talking about money and that there's so much you know, anxiety and doubt and shaming around it. So what I typically do is when you speak about, you know, your book and and how it speaks to the relationship with money, Mm -hmm. um, I coach my clients to, if they need to detach from money. Mm -hmm. I'm also actually married to a man that um, gets very anxious if he doesn't have a certain amount of money in his bank account. And, uh, and I've seen the emotional impact that it has on him. And I've had to coach him through that as well. It's been 11 years now. Um, but you know, what I try to educate my clients to, and even my family too, is like money is a resource. Money is a tool. If it means that you have to count your money over and over to the point where it means nothing to you anymore, then that's what you should do to Mm -hmm. disconnect from the fact that you have such a, a, a love affair with money. Mm-hmm. And, and people honestly do. People love the feeling of it. They love the texture, the smell. They, they get um, very, very um, emotionally consumed by it. Mm-hmm. So I think the number one thing that will make or break you in life financially is to be able to disconnect emotionally from money mm-hmm. and look at it as a resource. Look at it as a car gets you from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. It's a vehicle to help. You don't need a lot of it. You don't need a lot of money at all. What is more important than money in life, in my opinion, and I mentor a lot of young women and men, and I help them through this same thing. What is most important is your level of resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. Taking what little or what many resources you have at your fingertips and using that, using that to suit yourself up every day 
regardless of what industry you're trying to pursue, get up and physically, mentally prepare yourself to go out and to use all of the resources at your fingertips to propel yourself forward. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the money will come. Yeah. But to, to worship money and to think, oh, well, I have to have $10,000 before I can go do X or start this business or quit this job. No, you don't. No. Our subconscious is so powerful mm-hmm. that if you write down what it is that you need to achieve and you disconnect from the money part of it, you're going to get there. Yeah. And I have one last note to, to mention um, before I you know, kind of close off this part of what I had to say. And um, there's a book and it's, I think it's by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. It's one of the hundreds of books that I've read, but I'm actually rereading it right now. And if you want to talk about the how to's and what you should do and, you know, getting yourself in the mental state every day and, you know, how to set goals and all of that, like, that's a fantastic book to start with because it teaches you it's about the level of faith you have in yourself and your Mm -hmm. resourcefulness and what you do. It's not about the money. No, every time I've ever achieved anything, um, big in my business, it's because I was devouring Think and Grow Rich, like on audio. Yeah. Like I, like I'd be walking around the block, just listening to it and you'd just be coaching me. There, there is a, a women's version as well. There's a 21st century version. There's a version um, for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of different rewrites of it, but yeah, everyone, everyone listening to the podcast, don't get thrown off by the title. I think, again, even just the, the word rich in it, people are like, oh, that's not for me. I don't want to be rich. It's like, that's not what it's about. No, not at all. And, you know, rich, that's kind of, that's, it's not attractive anymore, right? Yeah. It's about wellness. It's about attracting abundance, yeah. you know, mental wellness, taking care of yourself. I'm big on that. <laughs> um but yeah, like you said, ignore that word and just read the doggone book. And it is, it's, it's study it. Inspiring. Yeah. 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 It's old school. It's old, it's old school. <laughs> it's references and you're like, Ooh, that's not politically anymore, but okay. It's like written in the 1930s or something like that, but Hey, it, it does the trick. For it, sure. it, re- it really does. Uh, oh my gosh. I could talk about money forever. And I'm just so excited that we're connecting. And, and you mentioned something, it was like beha- behavior, behavioral finance. Yes. How did you, how did you say that? Behavioral finance. So um, behavioral finance is a whole subject. It's a whole realm of its own. Um, and I've done a lot of work to, to learn about it um, over the years. And it is what essentially explains people's behavior towards money, mm-hmm. people's behaviors towards how they save money, how they earn money, um, how they handle poor financial decisions. Um, it talks about our aversion to losses. Um, so any type of financial loss, right? Whether we start a business and it's not going well, but we still keep, in it because we don't want to lose out on what we've invested in it. 
Mm -hmm. it's, it's it, it, that is a big one. Um, loss aversion. When people are gambling, they gamble more because they feel like if they just walk away after they've lost a thousand dollars, that then they've truly lost it. People making a poor investment in the stock market, holding on to it when it's 50% down, but they don't want to sell it because then they're realizing their loss. Okay, well, you know, with the advice of a professional, like might be time to cut that loss, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of losing the other half. So that's, that's something that I find um, really interesting. That's my favorite part of behavioral finance uh, is loss aversion. But then it also talks about how, um, you know, there's self-fulfilling prophecies with regards to finance and how we're raised to feel as though, you know, we belong in a certain space in the world and we limit ourselves from- We need to dive in here. We need to dive into this. Okay. I see this all the time. I, and I see this in myself as well. Um, and this is, oh, there's so much to talk about. Okay. I'm going to bring this down to like an example that is at one spectrum, but it's still relevant to this conversation. So there is a local women's shelter um, that is dedicated to women, to supporting women and mothers. And I have a friend who volunteers there and she has witnessed three generations relying on the shelter. Um, and, and she, it's every, I mean, you, we, you still want to help them because whatever the case is, whatever their mentality is, that's literally the situation they're in. But it, it's been taught that, yeah, this is what we do. This is what we do. And then we get handouts from here. And then we rely on the, this check from the government here. And literally like generations with new babies are, are going to this, the shelter and getting their food. And that's just like, Part, like going to the grocery store. Yes. Right. So no, no shame. It's just like, that's just, they never broke the cycle. They never had the tools to break the cycle. So that is one end of the spectrum. But then I've also seen um, where I am at, you know, in the circle that I'm in now, it's like women who are looking to improve and looking to become wealthier, healthier, you know, develop personally, all the things and they will reach, they will reach some sort of ceiling, um, and I, and I and it, it gets it's never shared in words with me, so I can help them through it because it's like it's like it's like they hit a door or a ceiling, and then it's like and then they are told to unravel all of the work that they've done. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I can't do anything about it. Cause I'm just like, ah, like, and they won't let me in either. That happens. I'm just like, I don't know what happened over there. And it, they got so far and they were literally like, I'm imagining that little comic, like where they're like inches from gold. So, you know, they're, they're so close to that breakthrough that they've been working maybe two, three years on. And then it's like, they start pumping the brakes, pumping the brakes hard. Yeah. So I need to speak to both of these things, okay? Yeah. Um, because you've hit home for me two times. So this is not the Kavan story, the Kavan show, but I need to use my personal example because I think we have lived experience. Yeah. So we're going to start with the beginning of the spectrum, like you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. Cyclical poverty is real. I'm the president of Big Brothers, uh, president of the Big Brothers Big Sisters Foundation currently, and previously the president of the agency. Been on the board for eight years. Um, 
you know, and then I have my personal experience where I was born into um, poverty, lived below the poverty line until my teenage years. And um, I went and did at one point in time end up in one of them, those women's shelters with my mother um, and two siblings. And uh, she, thank God, she, she taught us that we were not allowed to take advantage or not take advantage. No, we weren't allowed to use it as our reason, our reasoning. We weren't allowed to develop the mentality. So anyways, yeah. Um, it's hard to put the proper politically correct wording on it, but I was born into it and, yeah. and, and, and you, you, you are expected to just continue in the cycle. We see cyclical poverty. Um, I see it on a daily basis in, in the work that I do. And the biggest thing, the hardest thing that anyone ever has to do, and it's been proven, um, sociologically proven, um, the hardest thing they ever have to do is break through the cyclical poverty cycle. Yeah. So just being able to do that, um, someone has to go through leaps and bounds to achieve it. But again, it comes back to that resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's more to that, but I want to talk about the second part of the spectrum, and that is where we fear success. Um, and I'm saying we fear success because that's the only way that I can say it and kind of bottle it up into one statement. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to give we're going to give someone a shout out here, if you don't mind, yeah. um, who I listened to, Rachel Hollis. Yeah. She is very, very, very good. And um, one of her podcasts focuses on fearing success mm-hmm. and the things that we do to sabotage ourselves subconsciously and consciously from hitting and breaking through that little inch that we have to get through to hit that next level. Yeah. It's like the guy, the miner who stopped mining when he was only five feet away from gold. Yeah. That's what I see. Right. And so, um, I'm guilty of it. I've done it. Uh, in, I've been in my current industry 13 years and I did it in my younger years when I really did not have any idea I was doing it. Right. Yeah. We, it's like that inflection infection. You just become a little stunned for some reason. And that's when you have to dig deeper and work harder, breathe more and do a lot of soul searching to figure out what it is that is stopping this. Mm -hmm. And, break away from it. Maybe it's family pressures. You don't want to leave someone behind. You're afraid, you know, if you let yourself push through, you're going to, you're going to put the rest of your family to shame because then they'll, they'll feel like you're leaving them, you know, you're too good all of a sudden, or maybe it's, you just feel overwhelmed by that level of success that you're about to hit and you, and you, kind of get scared and you want to back off a little bit, right? Like there's, there's so many um, reasons why we do it. So, yeah, I think that, you know, the most important thing, Krista, there is talking about it. You hit the nail on the head where like we're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Socialize that. Go Mm -hmm. find someone. There are reasons, like, there are mentors out there that want to help you through these situations, whether you're at the one end of the poverty spectrum or the other end, right? Where you're just about to break through to that next level. You, you can't let yourself 
you know, unwind what it is that you've just worked so hard for, what it is that you need to work so hard for. It's mm -hmm. heartbreaking when I see it happen, but yes, I've, I've witnessed the same thing. And um, it does come back to that behavioral finance theory. But again, there's a, there's a major fear of success and there's a major fear of leaving people behind. Um, mm -hmm. And then too, just not feeding your mind with the positivity that it needs to feel confident in what it is that you're going out there to achieve. Self-confidence is so crucial. Um, so that's probably a whole other podcast, but. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like being like, I've definitely, I can look back on my journey over the last, you know, 15 years of entrepreneurship and it's very apparent when those times where I wasn't giving myself the space to recognize my behavior and how I was a hundred percent. No self-sabotaging sounds so extreme, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't seem like some big, it's like you're, I don't know, you're making some, you're gambling all your money away. It's just the daily decisions that you're making are not in alignment with where you can be, where you are, what you've already accomplished because something is out of alignment. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when a couple of years ago where I reached um, a new level of income um, and, and I, I was trying to explain this to one of my mentors and she, I don't know if I was able to explain it quite effectively. I said, I wasn't ready for, to receive it yet. Very right? Even mm -hmm. though I earned every penny of it and I worked really hard to create that, I wasn't yet in alignment to, um, to keep it mm -hmm. and, and to keep it steady and flowing. It was like, whoa, this is amazing, you know? And then like, okay. And then it was like, it's like I dropped the ball, right? And I didn't drop it completely. And it wasn't like a major, you know, self-destruction, but it was daily decisions that were different and slowly, <laughs> right? And it's just kind of, it wasn't like a big, you know, flop. It was just more of like a slow decline. And then like, wait a second, what happened? And then like loving and forgiving myself and then making the better decisions to climb back on up too. Yes. Right. And but, I really think it's important that you brought that up because, you know, as much as I work in finance and it's an industry that gets such a bad reputation, like much of my day is actually spent on nurturing my mind. Mm -hmm. so that I can help nurture other people's minds, yeah. right? And yeah. you have to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Everyone, you know, um, if you're not kind to yourself, no one else is going to be. Mm -hmm. And you're in this relationship with money, this, this, this upward um, trend with money, or even if you're at a level, level space with money and you want to sustain it, you have to feed your mind with the yeah. right information because sustaining it is also difficult, right? Exactly. Sustaining it. It's like, it's like you, you have never arrived, you know, it's just like going to the gym and you go to the gym or you're, you know, taking your vitamins and you're taking care of yourself and you're like, Oh, I like my body. I feel good. I feel healthy and strong. Well, you don't stop doing all the things that got you there. Exactly. And <laughs> what I find is where people really struggle is is sustaining you know i've had my i've got younger siblings and i've had some of their friends say oh my gosh you guys have like the white picket fence and it's so great and you've got 
children and you're, you know, you seem to be doing okay. You seem to be doing well. You drive a nice car and all these things. And I just, I, I, I'm a very blunt individual. I have to be, I work in an industry where there's 15% females. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've learned to, I've just, I'm a little straightforward and I just say, look, it, it's one thing to achieve it. It's another thing to keep it going and keeping it going requires so much work yeah. in a positive way. You live a great life, but you got to take care of yourself mentally, physically. I like your analogy about the gym. Yeah. You, you can't just get that body and then <laughs> go back and start doing all of the bad things that you were doing um, before quote unquote bad things. But um, yeah, I think that that's the part too that intimidates people right? Because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to do that because then I, I'll have no life or, mm. you know, I'll be boring or I, I won't be able to do all the things that I want to do. Well, no, you can. You just have to figure out how to fit it all in and maybe you won't like those other things anymore. That's what I found was the biggest transformation was that evolution of what I just simply don't enjoy anymore. Like you don't need. Yeah. I don't yeah. need to numb out in front of the TV, you know, mm-hmm. I don't need to go out and drink all kinds and blow off, off all this steam and like yeah. have a big hurrah. No, I don't know. And it just happened. Yeah. It's like when you be really dive into the subject, you actually, your income starts to like your wealth finances starts to improve because of decisions that you're making, but you also find that you need less. Yeah. less and less and you're you're more focused on on quality and and every purchasing decision it becomes aligned with your actual values of what you want in this life absolutely yeah. and you know what like i do um i wasn't going to talk necessarily about the the how to's and what to do but i do truly believe that you know um we serve ourselves well by creating a plan for our lives Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, I, I'm a registered financial planner, so I do value what a, what a professional financial planner can do for people, but you don't have to go see a financial planner to start planning for your life. It's just as simple as, okay, like I want to get this job that pays me this, whatever it is. Okay. I want to have a vehicle that has these features or whatever it is that you're aspiring to, or that you think you'd like to earn for yourself one day, like start that plan. And then that can turn into a financial plan. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's baby steps. And then as you continue to grow, um, financially, uh, as well as mentally, then the steps get bigger and bigger each time, but they're more manageable, I think. Yeah. Because then you realize what you're capable of. Absolutely. And then it's like, people just look at, oh, wow, Kavon, how did you create this life? And it's like, I didn't get there overnight, guys. Like it was like, you know, overcoming one thing and then another and then building and then building. So it's like, don't compare, you know, where you are to someone's like five, 10 years down the road. Like we're all going to get there and, uh, Once we get there, just continue to dedicate to improving and sustaining and and continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, Um, Can I say one last thing though, while we're, and I just want to, I want to urge everyone to, you know, 
focus on protecting what you do have. Yes. Because that's another thing that is so huge. It's not about the dollars in the bank. Okay, people. It's about financial security Mm -hmm. and protecting what you have and protecting your children or your family or your loved ones. If you don't have children or family, protecting whoever it is that's important in your life. Um, and, and like if you might not have much, but make sure that if you were to, God forbid, get injured or pass away, that someone will be able to take care of you, take care of your responsibilities, um, settle your estate, like have a will, have a power of attorney, talk to your family about what your goals are, about what your desires are. Like that to me is more important than whatever amount of money you ever accumulate in your life. hundred percent. That is how you can sleep well at night, you know? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that keep people up at night? Worry about money, right? Mm-hmm. Money for themselves or their loved ones or, you know, I don't know, like if you have teenagers, like are they making the right decisions? And then also, I mean, it can be worry about your health or, you know, physical things, but it's, if you slept well last night without any worries, it's probably because you have these things taken care of. Mm-hmm. And if not, it's a hundred percent, like stop worrying about like the, all the extras and keeping up with the Joneses. It's like, let's make sure that we have our family taken care of. And you can do that even if you have little. You have to do that even if you have little. That I think is what creates a sense of pride in your home and in yes. your heart that puts you on a certain level. I'm getting chills all over my body, I swear, because mm-hmm. this is, it's actually an area that I specialize in is assisting people with their planning and their level of security. Yeah. And I, um, I do not invest anyone's money um, or do make any financial moves until my clients have the foundation that they need to have for, their, for them to be protected Um, so we have very detailed conversations about this and I, oh, I've, I've just seen some really, um, I've seen some situations that would just make you want to cry and you, and I want to, I don't want to talk about doom and gloom um, on the podcast because, uh, you know, I think it's a a good day. It's Sunday. The sun's not out, but anyway, (laughs) um, but you got to protect yourselves and there's, that's a whole loaded conversation. Um, but I needed to say that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a, um, I think everyone needs to put that on their 2020 vision book, vision board, must do list. Make that appointment, you guys. Like, don't put it off anymore. Like, there's, and if you get to the appointment and there's fees associated with whatever, it's like, then make a plan, right? But it's like getting that done is going to, I think it's like it actually puts you in a place for attracting more abundance as well because you're telling the universe, if you will, that like you've got this and you respect money and you're set up for success and long-term sustainability and, uh, you know, abundance for your family. And even if you just Google finance, like um, uh, risk planning. Yeah. Like you will get good information. I get a lot of information from Google. So just look up protecting yourself from risk or something like that as a starting point. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you. That was very important. I'm going to have put all your information in the show notes to connect with you. 
Um, but I do have one burning question. And this is actually going back to, again, you know, our, when I first remember you and your family moving um, down the street from us, like I, I've asked your mom this numerous times and I still have not gotten a straight answer. So I'm going to ask you. <laughs> so I feel that whatever your mom said, so when you were in those situations, when things were really hard, whatever she said to you guys, I think that there's gold in that because both you and your sister and your brother, how you carry yourself um, with such self-respect and you were always just like, you know, so kind and generous and just loving children um, that you would never know that you came from any hardship. So like, I was like, you know, I was like, what did you say to your kids when they were little? Like, tell me, you know, because she did such a good job in that aspect, in many aspects, such a strong woman. What would you be able to put, like put any words to it? <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've had to think. Love of, you, Kim, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've personally have been thinking even a lot about of that lately. Um, I recently had a, yeah, a lot of time that I've been able to spend with her. And um, you know what? I have to say my mom was incredible, but she'll be the first one to admit that it took a village. Yeah. And I've got to give credit to our families. Um, we, it was like a melting pot of cultures and families when we, that we were born into. And we've got very, very deep um, ancestral roots here in Puce. Um, our family was stemmed back all the way to the Walls family and they came through the Underground Railroad and they established themselves as very predominant farmers and very well-respected people in the Puce area. As well, um, my mother's side of the family, very, very predominant family, well-known, highly regarded. Um, I personally had Christian values on both sides of the family. My mom's was Catholic and my father's was Protestant Baptist, but it was them bringing us around our family who, um, you know, my mother was raised in poverty as well. So it was inter intergenerational, but um, it was kind of isolated to us. Like we were like out in left field, you know, my mm -hmm. mom and her parents and, and so on. Um, and my father and his family and so on. But that wasn't always what our background was. And so I think the best thing that both of my parents did for us um, was they educated us on you are someone, you mm. have deep roots, your roots are this, and here is your story, and here was the fight, and, you know, here was the um, respect, and the things that formed you, so that was, that was it, it was having integrity in a deeper story that we really didn't appreciate when we were kids. It was just yeah. like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going through this story again. This is so boring. But like, like just knowing we had a story yeah. prior to our own was, it was very, very, very powerful. And then 
And then the other thing was bringing us into circles that we didn't belong in. Mm. So um, it didn't happen very often, but when it could, they did it. They swallowed their pride, my mother especially, and she brought us around those people that outbenched us. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole idea that we, we tell entrepreneurs now. It's like surround yourself with people who you don't want to be the best in your group. You don't want to be the, mo- the richest, the most, you know, I don't know, successful in your group. You want to be in circles where you're still learning and growing. Yes. And that was, that was huge. So, um, you know, we moved out of the West End yeah. and we moved into Amherstburg. Because yeah. I really wanted to go to Villanova. I had gone to the open house and I was so attracted to um, what was in that school. I did not belong at all. Oh my God. And so begged them, begged them, begged them. We didn't, we had nothing holding us to the West End, right? It was just yeah. fearing judgment of walking yeah. away from it. And, uh, and then we moved out to Amherstburg and that was when life opened up and my younger siblings, um, you know, they got exposed to life outside of that area where we grew up. And, you know, I think regardless of if you move out of the space that you're raised in or whatever, just, you've got to get exposed to it. Yes. And then I started hanging out with people that, you know, grew up in ways that I did not grow up in. And I was like, you learn things, you observe things. And I wasn't always, you know, um, the popular one, nor did I necessarily want to be, but I saw it and I was like, okay, that's for me. That's for me. That big mansion that that friend lives in is for me, you know? Yes. And you just do what you got to do to make your own life. And yes. Okay. So you're, Okay. So because your, your mom and dad gave you this sense of like, you are someone, right? You are someone, these are, and like also the whole, like, I love like the, when I see it on Instagram, it's like your mom didn't work hard that hard for you not to pursue your dreams. Your ancestors didn't work that hard for you not to go out there and do your best. Right. And it's like, that gives me goosebumps. Cause like the amount of struggle that exists before, like before our generation is huge. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what is our big struggle? It's like, we are, we live in a time where literally people can say, yeah, I want that house. And we can literally do the steps. We are not going to, we're not worried for our safety, our life. Like our struggles are, they, for sure they're real in what we know, but they're really nothing that we cannot overcome. Even our struggles in poverty are still first world struggles. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So again, it's not to take away from anyone who's having a hard time, but to know it's like, it's to claim a new story for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a frame of mind. Yeah. You know, um, I'm glad you asked that question because, um, you, everyone needs something to clench onto. Yes. And you and your brother and your sister, you guys are all just so remarkable. Remarkable. Like I would go home, like for some reason I'd be delivering something to, I don't know, my, my mom wanted something to get, get to your mom. So I'd be bringing it to the house. I'm like, those kids are just so amazing, dad. Like they are just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and just so, just amazing. Well, we feel the same way about you guys. Oh, uh, our families are definitely intertwined and yeah. 
uh, mom and dad always go for, for breakfast with, uh, <laughs> with Kim and Andy there. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So before we finish off this podcast, I just want to give you the opportunity because I know we could obviously talk for hours. Is there anything once I press and you're going to be like, oh, I wish I would have said this or like anything else you want to leave anyone with practical or, or whatever you want to say? Um, you know, I, I think it's been a really good conversation and it's taken a direction that I, that I love and I'm glad we were able to touch on everything. I think that the intention, um, has been, um, made and met Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really just want to stress and, and reiterate that, you know, money does not have to be cliche. And, you know, if you just extend yourself and, and lean in and ask questions to people, I'm not, this isn't about attracting clients to me, but it's people, you know, there's a lot of good people out there the more you ask, the more information will come to you. And it doesn't have to be at a cost, but you, you got to take ownership and you got to want it. Um, and it's all there. And even Google is there, you know, but, but get more comfortable talking about it, please, please, please. Um, and I think that that will start a snowball and you'd be amazed looking back even over a year to see, how far you've come, you may be financially well off, but maybe you're struggling with something. So just, you know, shake it off, look at it as a tool and go, go after whatever it is that's getting in your way. Yeah. And it's, it's all intertwined, right? Like it's like, you can't, if you are struggling in your finances, that is going to affect another area of your life, right? If you're struggling in your relationships, that is also going to affect another area of your life, right? So we are, I believe that whatever your belief system is, like, I think that we were all born here to thrive in every capacity Mm -hmm. and you can't take care of one area solely, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, if you're having, um, you know, if you're having a lot of struggle in like your health and your wellness it could be connected to another area as well, right? So nourishing every aspect of ourselves, money included. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Kavan. This was so much fun. I'm sure we will continue this journey together and uh, I'd love to have a a real coffee soon. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. Thanks so much again for having me. Happy new year. Love to you guys. Bye, honey. Bye. See you soon. Hey ladies, I hope this conversation was really helpful to you and really hopefully maybe unraveled some of the fear, the anxiety, the all of the different crazy emotions that we have around money and gave you a new perspective. Now I wanted to also share with you a little bit about the conversation that Kavan and I had after we stopped the recording and it was really cool because she, you know, she has no problem talking about money, but she said, I hope you don't mind. You know, I'm really curious about one aspect of your business. And it was specifically our partnership with USANA Health Sciences. And they are, they have been our partner for over a decade um, to build our residual income and to also keep our family super healthy. And uh, we've been able to build a, a really great income that has really enhanced our family's life and has given us an aspect of freedom because of the residual income aspect. 
and I was able to share with her uh, something that no one knows yet and that is that um, we are just maybe a few days away from hitting the million dollar mark with our business and um, it's just kind of crazy because I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not even certified health coach, but I do believe and value wellness and I think it's really important to be on the preventative side of your health. And I've just been connecting people with products to enhance their life steadily, consistently for a decade while building this income for my family. But the thing is, is you guys can too. And USANA has made some such incredible enhancements to their business program where uh, not only would you gain um, one-on-one mentorship from me included, but you can get started for literally the cost of less than a trip to Starbucks, actually. You can get your business kit for about $12 and then you can choose your products that will enhance your health. So just DM me, send me an email, whatever, but I would love to help you and support your family in not just making extra cash, but really building something that will support you guys long-term. So that is all for now. Make sure you head over to Facebook. We have our uh, private chat afterwards. It's in the group and you can ask any questions. The link is um, in the show notes. And also please make sure you check out Kavan's website and don't hesitate to reach out to her. She is so generous with her information and such a loving human being who really wants to empower women in their finances. Talk soon, ladies. Thank you so much for being here.